with the emergence of the new port town called Reach. Opportunistic merchants, down on their luck farmers, and what feels like everyone in between is hustling down to the hot new development. Two paths lead down to Reach. The first is the long road through the Scaleback Mountains, a more prominent road but dangerous during the winter. The second is the ominous bushwhacked trail through the dark vine swamps. Rumors have spread far across the land of Niderlings, the wretched dark magic that enriches the mutilated trees in this dour abyss. But it's only that. Rumors. No one would choose to go through this quagmire of misery of their own free will. Would they? Welcome to Background Checks, a character and world-building podcast. I'm Brian Perry. I'm Houston Bodley. And I am Jake Bush. Uh, we're going to be creating some cool world and characters. We're not creating worlds, I guess. We're creating stuff in a world. Uh, and Houston is is in charge today. Yeah. And usually, and by usually I mean in the one episode we've done so far, we've usually kicked off getting in the creative flow of our brain juices with a world-building prompt. Um, so I'm just going to start that off with you guys. And maybe this can tell you a little bit about yourselves or... Um, ourselves guess, as people or like our characters uh as people is what i was okay. kind of thinking i think this is a good way to uh introduce ourselves to the world as a whole as well um so for example last time we talked about what is the common greeting of this world which last time we addressed as instead of hail and well met it's hey and what's up uh this time i want you guys to tell me about some of the is it flora or fauna? I always get them mixed up. Flora is plants, flora right? Is plants, fauna is animals. Yeah. Okay, we're going to talk about the flora in this world, which, full disclosure, I'm not a plant person. For me, it's either these are the weed kind, these are the eating kind, and these are the tree kind. But I want to take some liberties, and uh, we can invent our own plants in this world. I assume the majority of it will be... Uh, typical standard plants, but I want you to create, maybe we do this as a group. We create uh, a new, like, sought-after plant, like a rose or edelweiss or just something that's beautiful and kind of meant as romantic. A pesky plant, so a type of weed or, like, a vine, something that might get in the way that's kind of obnoxious. And then third, a dangerous plant via, like, Venus fly trap so i just want something malicious and okay. dangerous i love this um and and i i i don't know how we're going to learn about ourselves as people but i do think it's going to te- be very relevant to my character when we get to that so it, it'll say a lot about us okay. by our imagination um my first thought for the the like the beautiful plant is some bioluminescence i think that's fun mm. okay some, some James fancy Cameron glowy approves. whatever glow in the dark stuff some avatar stuff because avatar yeah. just came out i haven't seen it and i'm probably not going to see it for a while or at all anyway so with this does it probably come from underwater and so there are specialized uh florists that go deep sea diving for these plants maybe that's, that's what also makes them rare is it moon dust related maybe it's like too obvious that it glows if there's moon dust involved maybe it feeds on moon dust oh that's interesting and that makes it bioluminescent and only certain plants can process moon dust, sort of like uh, you know, what's the what's the plant process the chlorophyll? Yes, yeah, yeah. I like that. I think uh, 
I think we've got to go that direction, right? Mundasynthesis. Mundasynthesis. That's what it's called. in Latin. Pulvi, probably. Pulvis, yeah. We'll call it pulvis synthesis. Cool. Pulvis synthesis. I like it. Except I think photosynthesis is Greek, but whatever. What are these plants called? And I don't want just like moonweed or something like that. That's too on the nose. That's the second one. That's the pesky one is moonweed. Um, well, what's what's anything else about it? All I know is that it glows. It glows. It processes moon dust. I can think- it be used? So, like, problem with roses is you trim them, you give them to your uh, beloved other, and then they die after like a week or two. Can yeah. there be some use to them after they die, where like they make a good stew afterwards? I don't like that. What if it's like? It's not visual beauty. It just everyone knows it is delicious. It's so good in a stew. And you like cook the stew for your beloved. Like, I, I still good. like I like the idea that it is still a plant that you give them for decoration for a little bit, but then once the plant dies, then it's like, okay, and now we have essentially like fermented this plant to use in uh like spicing our meat, essentially. So now so we're going to have moonweed steak or whatever. So it is called moonweed. You've just established. You've said it twice now. So I think that's what it's called. <laughs> it's called moonweed and it's spicy and glows in the dark. Um, and it comes from underwater. What's that's a, a beautiful plant. But what's like the structure of it? I think that's important because I, like. That's, we do not have any structure. I'm just saying <laughs> words. I can't like picture it. It's it's because um, that was my well, thought. Like, you can picture anything. Things. I, I think there are weeds growing out of it. There's like four leafy weeds coming out of it, but there is some a weed. I don't I can't picture a weed as a structure. For me, weed just means a plant you don't like. Um, I'm thinking like weeds roots? in your garden. Yeah, roots that you just pull out. Okay. Is it just like, all sort of stringy roots? Just like green stalks. What if it's like a kush ball? What if it's just a big kush ball? Yes, I love That's that. A kush ball. On I the end of this a beautiful kush ball. Google kush ball. On the end of a pretty sturdy like sturdy sturdy uh, toy. Yeah, oh. and it's, all, it's on the end of a pretty sturdy stem, kind of like uh, cattails, and, but take off the, the end of the cattail and put a, a, a kush ball on it that glows. I love that. That's beautiful. Yep. And much like Michael a kush ball, gave me that. when you Google it, there are very, there's a large variety of colors, and I think that's the same with these flowers. Like, oh, I got seven colors on this moonweed. It is a particularly rare moonweed. When, That's when how much Google, I love my wife. And it's seven feet high. <laughs> and it's seven feet high. Wait, is the sphere seven feet in diameter, or is the stalk of it seven feet high, and you have to climb up to get it? The, the stalk is the, the tall part, and the, the kush ball part is the, lo- the, the bigger diameter of the sphere, the higher quality. So it can range from, you know, like baseball size for a really poor one to, like, the beach balls that they throw out at concerts. I need to share my screen really quick because when I googled Koosh Ball, I had one result that was not like the others, and I'm, not, I'm wondering if you guys found the same thing. Um, I did get an Etsy page that is a bunch of like weird animals, but their head is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> it was a Rockypus. I don't on. know why it came up Hold when on. I searched for Koosh Ball. I need to open this. There it is. Screen uh, this might be getting away from the prompt, but I definitely think that Rockypuses typically feed on kush ball plants or moonweed yeah, and so you so. typically have to like avoid them or fight them off if you're trying hold to on, hold on hold on 
Is this being marketed as a deluxe fidget toy for anxiety? Because that thing gives me anxiety. <laughs> I am so the confused. Pedicles can like move around and so you can fidget with them. Who decided people who are anxious and get really worked up about things and need to relax, they would love to hold this horrifying object in their hands of Dwayne the Rock Johnson's realistic, he is scary, realistic head, but then tentacle. But also, this one is a lobster, a rockster. If you I, I think we, I, I refuse to accept that a octopus in this world has the head of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. But I think we just like keep the name octopus and use it for something later. Yeah, and I will get rid well, of these pictures now. I'm kind of okay with combining all three of the questions I gave you into this. It is moonweed, so it is a little pesky to deal with. Why um, is it pesky? Maybe that's the question we need to answer. The tentacles that grow off of it, I've decided there's tentacles on it. They are the obnoxious. The kind of has tentacles, so I get that. Yeah. So, well, before you get to the kushball part, there are tentacles that come off, and they're a little pesky. No one likes them. They're actually poisonous. But if you can snip off the the flower part of the moonweed, the kush ball, if you will, um, then that is delightful flower that is bioluminescent and makes a good spice. And then the dangerous part is there are octopuses guarding the flower that you have okay. to fight off, which makes it all the more romantic. I also I think all these octopus. Ro- uh, we should establish the plural of octopus so there's no argument about it. Rock-tipuses. We can do whatever we want. I think it's octopuses. Yeah, I'll die on this hill. Roctopi isn't a thing. What if it's just the plural is Johnson's? <laughs> okay. <laughs> or Dwayne's. Dwayne's. Better. Dwayne's. The, the singular is Roctopus and the plural is Dwayne's. <laughs> Look, there's a Roctopus. Actually, no, there's two Dwayne's. <laughs> <laughs> Correction. There's, there are two Dwayne's. Wow. We're, we're like developing the linguistic culture. It is an irregular plural. Yes. Irregular plurals okay, are now part of the world. You're, you were right. We did learn a lot about ourselves in that segment. <laughs> Wait, I have one more thing to um, okay that uh, will help me learn about myself. Well, no, it'll help you because I already know this. Um, that this is where my mind goes. Given it is called uh, moonweed, and the reference uh, object was called uh, Kush, people smoke it, but there, but it's highly stigmatized in society because it's a sacred plant, and that's why the Dwaynes are guarding it. It's yes. not it's not stigmatized because of like the the qualities of what happens when you smoke no. it. It's just that it is it is sacred and it has this other it has the more romantic purpose. And so all it does is make you're your smoking it, you're wasting it. All it does is make your teeth glow. <laughs> okay. There are no biological like effects or, or or neurological effects. People. Just, okay. So it's just it's blasphemous. There's okay, a little cool. paranoia that comes from it because now your teeth are multicolored. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, go. Doesn't the okay. world feel richer now? It really does. So yeah. much richer. We learned a lot. Um, let's get into the plot. Okay. Transition music. Okay. So I've got a prompt for you guys. Uh, but we're going to set the scene a little bit before we get into this. Uh, last time we talked about this new uh, potential metropolis. It's maybe only about 20 people living there. But it's yeah. it's growing. It's going to be a potential urban uh, I, I just keep wanting to say urban domination, and that is not a real term, but I don't. That, that's the vibe I'm going for. An urban um, sprawl. An urban sprawl. Um, and that is the town of Reach. Everyone's hearing about Reach. They've got a good sheriff. They've got a good uh, bar, 
they're they're getting rid of the big bubbles that are looming and threatening to tsunami the town. Um, and so all the merchants, all the farmers that are down on their luck, all the in-between people, anyone who's really looking for a new adventure in life and wants to get away from it all, start fresh, is coming to Reach. Here's the problem with Reach. It is all the way down at the bottom of the continent of Niderlinks. And there are two ways to get to Reach. Really, there's three. One is by sea, but sea travel is still a work in development at this point. And there's not really any close port towns to get there quite yet. So the two main ways are by land. Besides, you got to watch out for the octopuses. You got to watch out for the octopuses. I think you mean the They are a thriving community down there. Um, The first trail is through the Scaleback Mountains. Uh, You don't need to worry about the Scaleback Mountains other than that is the main path to get to the Reach. Put it on the map. We'll put it on the map. Uh, High mountains, think Swiss Alps. Uh, They're very beautiful, very green for most of the year, except during winter. And then it's like seven feet of snow all the time. It just all falls at once. And then it's a mess to get through. And we've established that winter is random in this world. The the seasons are tied to the months, which are random uh, because they're tied to the 12 moons. And so I love the idea that it's like, oh, shoot, it's going to be a winter month. Or I guess you don't you don't even know in advance. Oh, no, it has become a winter month. We need to uh, we need to not go through that pass. This actually works perfectly with my prompt, because the other path that gets to reach is through the dark vine swamps. And as ominous as that sounds, it looks even more ominous. Think the the fire pits or whatever they're called in uh, Princess Bride. Think like any dark, ominous swamp you can think of and then turn it to 11. That's how bad looking these swamps are. Um, No one would choose to go down these paths because it's just the worst. It looks gross. It looks ominous. It looks like a bad nightmare. But this is probably not a relevant question, but it's nagging at me for some reason. So we're going down to reach, right? The, The two paths are sort of parallel. They're going down. Which one's on the left and which one's on the right? If you look at the map. Left is the mountains, because the farther away you are from the center of this world, the colder it gets. And it makes sense in my mind that the mountains would be in the colder portion. Nice. And the swamps would be. I actually did visualize this on on the map, and that's how I visualized it. That's how connected I am with this world. Same here. But I wanted to, like, make sure for some reason it it probably doesn't impact anything. But I figured I'd ask because it was bugging me. (laughs) Perfect. So. With all these immigrants coming to reach, if roll the dice, the new moon creates winter and there's suddenly seven feet of snow that just topples down the mountains, you can't go through that pass. But they're in a hurry to get to reach because they're out in their wagons and they don't want to pay for a motel for a whole month, maybe more, depending on the season. So they're going to risk it through the swamps. And over time. Fewer and fewer people are making it to reach and more and more complaints are coming in of, hey, I came with my family and friends and only two of us made it through of our party of 30. Uh, Or, hey, I was expecting the Johnsons to show up, but none of them made it. Where are they? What's going on? Oh, you were referring to you were referring to the the you're talking about Dwayne's (laughs) (laughs) not this time. All right. 
a town meeting is established in Reach, and everyone comes in. One person goes, you know, when I was, I was one of two survivors in my party who made it through the dark fine swamps, and I, I, I heard some rustling and some singing through the wind, and all I knew is I needed to book it out there, but the rest of my family didn't make it, and they started marching towards this gargantuan willow tree off to the side of the road. And another one pipes in and goes, oh yeah, I saw that tree. And I also saw some, uh, some dark figures sprout out of the ground and come and attack my family. And I was too scared. I had to run away. Um, and another person pipes in, nah, those, those weren't people that sprout out of the ground. That was roots. They're coming from that evil tree. I heard it was once a dark sorcerer. Um, and then another person yells, ah, it's not a dark sorcerer. You're all just worrying. It's, it's just, it's just a tree. It's just a dark swamp. People are probably getting lost. Um, another one gets mad because he thinks he's not being sensitive to the travels and the worries of their families. And before you know it, the whole town is erupting in anger. And someone yells out, well, we need to go deal with these trees. And other people are yelling, ah, I, I'll take care of them, but. Uh, I think we all need to head in and some people are going, no, that would be too dangerous to send all of us. And other people are going, no, those people who didn't make it, it's survival of the fittest. Only the bravest and boldest can make it here. And that creates more distraught. And over all of those characters being a different person. So you really created a lot of characters there. And I love it. Uh, This is a whole fleshed out town. Reach has tripled in population by this time. In that one conversation. Um, I like to believe that even Jed uh, showed up for this meeting. Yeah. And Jed's going, oh, I could take out the tree, but I'm not a straight shooter. So no, he's I'm not volunteering miss. for anything. He just he just came because it's he's that interesting. He's just listening, sitting in the back. Yeah. The anger and the volume of this town grows and grows and grows until in the very back, there's a chalkboard. And before you note it, a three-pronged garden hoe comes scraping across the chalkboard. And everyone shushes and turns around. And standing in the back is this old, grizzled Triton, as in the race Triton from D&D. Okay. He goes, y'all know me. You know how I make a living. I'll catch these trees for you, but it ain't gonna be easy. Bad trees? Not like working in your garden pulling weeds or trimming bushes. This willow tree? It'll swallow you whole. What are its eyes like? Oh, it's bugging out. Okay. A little quaking, a little whacking, and down you go. We gotta do it quick, though. Gotta bring back the merchants that'll put your businesses on a paying basis. But it's not gonna be pleasant. Gonna stay alive and ante up, all y'all? Gonna pay it cheap? Nah. Your town's gonna be on welfare before it even began. But I can do it. I can take care of this tree. I want two volunteers. But they're gonna listen to me. To what I've got to say. We've got too many sheriffs in this town, and I ain't going to take none of it. Give me a thousand gold, and I'll get you the leaves, the roots, the whole damn thing. Um, this is my character Hooray. that I'm going to introduce. This is Robert Jaworski, or Jaws, as his nickname is. Awesome. I thought it was a Jaws thing. Uh, yeah, and he, he looks just like uh, the Robert Shaw character, Quint, if he was a Triton. Um, is his name really Robert Shaw? Yeah. There should be a movie that is 
Jaws from the point of view of the shark, and it's called Shaws. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't heard that joke before. That's a good that feels joke. A I made up. Noise. Um, but yeah, so he's a Triton, but he's he got is bored. It, is a tri- it's a Triton. It's like a mermaid. It's like a yeah. It's like a mermaid, but it doesn't have a tail. Uh, it has. It, it's it's basically the creature Zora. in the shape of water. Mm. It's a Zora, kind of. Oh a, yeah, from Legend it's of Zelda. A, it's a person. It's like a human, but it's got sort of some fish-like characteristics. Yeah, Azor is a good way to put it. Okay, cool. um, love this guy. Does he but, have glasses? Uh, not right now. He doesn't need them. Okay, but oh, the, I was picturing the wrong guy in Jaws. <laughs> Were you thinking of the Retrodryfus or the uh, Martin Brody? Oh, oh Martin Brody. That's who I was picturing too. Wait, I need to look up the cast of Jaws. It's the yeah, it's the. The big the guy with the sideburns. Yeah. Uh, Roy Scheider, the actor. I thought Robert Shaw was the actor. Oh, yeah, sorry. Was... But you were talking okay, about either the Roy Scheider or the Richard Dreyfuss character, I assume. Sure. I'm already confused. I don't know the actors in Jaws. Robert okay. Shaw is the one I am. Okay, he's, cool. the, he's the sailor man. Got it. Um, anyway, the big thing about him is much like Ariel from The Little Mermaid. He just wanted to be a part of our world. Uh, he <laughs> I love that was, he gave the boat guy from Jaws the Ariel the Mermaid uh, backstory. <laughs> yeah. He he wouldn't describe loved, himself that way probably, but it's true. <laughs> he loved being a moonweed harvester. He did it his whole life. Um, the big problem is he got so interested in plant life and that was really the only thing of any interest growing underwater for him. And so he came to land and became a land druid, believe it or not. Okay. Um, so a druid with the circle of land subclass. Uh, he got really into plants, knows all of them. Eventually, he became a weed whacker, is what they call him. Basically, someone who goes out and fights malicious plants of a dark magic, dark magical nature. Um, and so that's what he's been known for. Like and a so ghost he, buster, but a weed he, whacker, a growth buster, if you will, or oh. a ghost busher. Ooh. Okay, can, um, I say, can I say something really quick about about him and about kind absolutely. of a, a, just a wish list item I have now, knowing this character? So his his name is Shaw, right? Last name Shaw, right? And he well uh, Jaws, Robert yeah. Jaworski. Wait, wait, wait. What? No, his character name is Shaw, right? Or did I misunderstand Jaws. that? His nickname oh. is Jaws. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. Well, I, that makes my joke a little a little bit less funny. But uh, I was going to say we that just his, this man? Yeah. Never mind. Continue. <laughs> we look kind of where I said, "Can I say something?" <laughs> you gave a really, really, really clean intro to it, though, so that helps. Well, the joke was going to be that since he grows weed, he should, we should have a one shot called Shaw's Dank Redemption. <laughs> hey, put it back in. Put it back in the podcast. <laughs> put it back in the podcast for that joke. Slide that one. Let's back just in. leave all of this. <laughs> Undelete that, editor. All right. That's a uh, episode to be if you subscribe to our Patreon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it could be his whole family could be involved. So it's the Shaw's dank redemption. So they save their, <laughs> they save their plants. They're yeah. they're dank plants. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Anyway. Uh, yeah, he's looking for two volunteers and that's all I'm going to give. I gave enough exposition. This yeah. is your guys's turn. Why hey. are you volunteering to work with? Robert Jaws Jaworski. Who's going first? Um, 
I could go first. My guy would stand up. Um, and I'm going to go with his appearance first. He's kind of, uh, kind of thin. He's pretty tall. He's got black hair that kind of hangs in his eyes. And he's got kind of a peculiar type of handsome about him. Um, that's just sort of interesting. And he says, yeah, I've decided that uh, I'm doing this. And you are now introduced to uh, Jimothy Chevrolet. <laughs> okay. Um, now, I know that we typically, like, you know, like we just did, we give an example of, like, who you might picture um, when you're thinking of this person. I think you could probably picture Timothy Chalamet. No relation to his name, but Jimothy Chevrolet is uh, my character. He's a 27-year-old half-elf male. Um, Wait, no, but what about your character? You just described Timothy <laughs> Chalamet. Well, pretty much. Well, I was referring to both. Nice. <laughs> He's a 27-year-old half-elf male. Um, he has really high charisma. He has uh, uh, low strength. But don't worry, he makes up for it with high charisma. Um, he has dark vision, which is nice. Um, and <laughs> you know, just standard dark vision. Yeah. He's just sort of a, a brooding, mysterious, alluring, um, and unconventionally super attractive person. <laughs> so How, you're still describing Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. What about Timothy? Though? I, I made it clear that none of this was based on Timothy Chalamet. I don't know where you're getting that, but Timothy Chevrolet, uh, is yeah. I guess they share a lot of qualities. No, uh, think about it. They do have some things in common. And now that I think about it, wow, it's it's a it's a bit uncanny actually. <laughs> um, I love it. So, did you see his his class? Uh, not yet. He is a uh, uh, rogue. Ooh. So, uh, what about your character? <laughs> okay, I'm just going to be the, the joke for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> All right, Timothy Chalamet is now in the world. He's already made. I don't have to explain him. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, At this point, Jaws is going to come up to you. Um, nice. As you stand up and raise your hand and say, I will go. And he's going to tower like six feet over you because you're a tiny little Timothy Shalomly boy. Yeah. Um, and he's going to go, do you have any weed whacking experience, lad? He would just turn and look at him and say, well, do any of us really have experience in anything? Whoa. So this is another yes. element. This is another element. I, no, no, no. <laughs> let me let me back this up. I have significant experience in weed whacking, so you don't throw that philosophy shenanigan at me. Boy. And he just goes, "Cool. I'm glad that uh, you have that opinion." So this is kind of Jimothy Chalamet. He is the type of person who's always throwing out. Um, Things that seem like they're really, really deep, but they don't actually really mean much, right? Nice. And um, it also frustrates uh, some people. I'll take you to the deep end of the sea <laughs> and show you what deep really means. I love we've got two He's, characters that, that seem we're, deep. We're already but fighting. Not. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, he's, he, so, so uh, some people get really annoyed by this, um, but, 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 but a lot of people find it very alluring so he's i'll just say it he's a little bit of a ladies man around town right nice um and 
there are questions among the people who haven't been charmed by his deep uh, philosophical one-liners that he often delivers who wonder if he may be using a bit of magic when it comes to uh, convincing people that he's wise and deep. Hence, hence his high charisma and his ability to uh, solve problems through trickery. Right, he's a rogue. Um, yeah, I guess we also talked, you know, another thing we want to know about him is where he's from. And uh, he just moved into town like pretty recently and he built a cabin by himself. Like he just like showed up and was like, cool. And he chopped down some trees in the forest and like made his own cabin. And now he spends most of his time like sitting on his, uh, his cabin's porch, uh, smoking cigarettes and, and reading books. Um, and people have asked him where he's from, where did he move from? And all he says is pretty far away. You wouldn't know about it. And there's actually no sub. There's actually no subtext to that. That's just the truth. He just throws that far away, and you probably far away, and nobody is nobody would have heard of it. So he's not going to give the name. Yeah. So at that point, when uh, Jaws asks him where he's where he comes from, and he says that he goes, "Uh, "Okay, you got a little bit of nerve to you." So I've got my first volunteer. He's a rogue, so I'm going to call him Rogue One. I need a second volunteer now. (laughs) So the reason I was stalling and hoping Jake would go first is I had to figure out why my character is here in Reach uh, because I, my character is from the swamp. Um, <laughs> I established. Um, so in the back of the the so I assume we're in boarding room Reach, right? Or boarding house Reach? Yeah, it's sure. open. Uh, it's open back of the business. room, you see a uh, a short sort of you know maybe five foot tall, not like short short, but like I don't know. Behind Jaws' chalkboard, you push it aside and there's another yeah. chalkboard and another person clawing on that one. <laughs> she does have claws, but she's not clawing. Um, no, she, she comes out and she says, Oh, you're coming to my neck of the woods. Uh, and it is a, a, a very old wizened turtle woman uh, named Artemisia or Artie for short. Um, <laughs> I've established that, that all t- Turtles generally in this world, I won't say all turtles, most turtles in this world are named after artists, just like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So she's named after Artemisia Gintelishi, or however you say it. Whoa. <laughs> um, I don't think I've heard this one. Artemisia Gintelishi. Um, yeah, she's, she's a Renaissance artist. She's most famous for uh, some painting about someone cutting someone's head off. Um, wow. But anyway, cool. she's a turtle. Uh, she is a circle of land druid, um, which was very fun. What what is your like featured terrain for yours, Houston? Um, it's the sea, like the beach yeah. one, because that makes that the most sense. Yeah. Uh, he still like got very much into plants, but the sea is still like where he's from, where he's most comfortable from, and where he draws his magic. Cool. Um, Artie's is swamp. She's a swamp, a uh, circle of land druid. Because uh, she's from sense. the swamp. Um, she's from a, a town. Grew up with with her her family and a and a. T- town of turtles and she met an adventurer who was a druid who is the character i originally wrote for this episode and then i pivoted um so her her mentor um that sort of like found her her town in the swamp is sort of a jane goodall type um she was that was gonna be my character was this jane goodall druid which was very fun but then i really wanted to do a turtle um so I did this turtle, I pivoted, and so basically she 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 was like she like worshipped this this druid, thought she was like so impressive. Um I actually made her be like an acolyte 
background in the D&D sense of things because she like basically worshipped this woman. And so she became a druid and was going to travel the world just like her hero, but then decided that home was more important. And so she sort of, um, you know, stuck to the swamp and knows the swamp like the back of her whatever turtles have. I guess their hands. Um, um, but sh- when she heard rumor that there would be a group of people coming into reach, she thought she better be involved somehow. So that's why she uh, she has mm. come to the saloon this morning, I guess. I, I guess it's morning. And uh, she's going to volunteer and say, you're going to need a guide. And uh, no one no one knows that swamp better than I do. Well, if I you, you had me at you came from the swamp, we're going to need a guide. So you're in. In fact, if we could get another volunteer to replace this Jimothy boy, I wouldn't mind. But then no one raises their hand. Uh, Jimothy, Jimothy turns and he just looks you straight in the eyes. And then he uh, reaches into his pocket. He pulls out and he lights up a cigarette and just puffs it. And then turns his head back. Doesn't say anything. Nice. <laughs> I was totally waiting for the deep wisdom. <laughs> no, sometimes. See, that's the thing. He keeps you on your toes. Um, but then he, he does, he does uh, raise his hand and say... You know, in, in response to uh, what your character just mentioned, Brian, about how you have, uh, you know, the most knowledge of this region or whatever. Because when you think about it, all of us have the most knowledge about the things we have the most knowledge about. Yeah. And I, then I suppose- he pulls out and then he pulls off his sunglasses and a song from the band The Who starts going. And, and then a, CSI and a girl on the front row, a, a girl on the front row faints. <laughs> I, I think that Artie. <laughs> is absolutely seeing through his bullcrap and is just like, I cannot handle this guy, but whatever. Cause she, I think she's we, wise. She's very wise. That's like her whole thing. Oh, is wisdom, okay. Right? Okay. I was going to say, why would that be? Wow. Like what would allow her to do that? But if she's very wise, then just so wise. And she's just like, she's very old. So I, it was really weird. I looked up turtle like aging. Apparently they only live to be 50, but I wanted her to be a really old lady. Um, 50 feels, I mean, I, I assume like in the scale of things, 50 would be old for this turtle, but Druid has a feature that you can live very long, right? For every 10 years that passes, you age one year. Right. So I guess my character is eight, level 18 at least to have that feature, and she's very old. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Here's the thing. Jaws is also very wise, and so together we probably have like a combined wisdom score of like 36. So we definitely know that this guy, this Jimothy's a ladies man. And so he's not going to be that helpful, but he is going to be like our PR uh, symbol, like to gain us favor with the crowds so that we get paid more. So I think Jaws like has like a side meeting with Artie and is just like, here's what we're going to do. He's a spokesman. He gets us money, but we do the work. Maybe we use him as bait. If he dies, that could be like a tragic story to help uh, gain more support to our cause. But and I think, yeah, I think just in general, we are wise enough to use his fake wisdom to actually be wise. Right. Okay. So we can sort of enhance his wisdom, his fake wisdom. Well, I, I do want to I do want to establish something here that, that might uh, might. I mean, I think what your uh, what your characters are thinking right now totally makes sense. Um, but just to add a little bit of depth to things. Um, Suddenly, another um, like person in the in the crowd who's known to be like fairly wise just stands up and he says, "Jimothy, you don't make any sense at all. You shouldn't be doing this. Why would we ever let him?" And he just turns to him and he says, 
man, why would we let anyone do anything? And then the, and then the man who said that goes, oh, you're right. Okay. And he sits down. And then we've established like, okay, he does have something to contribute in terms of. Yeah, I think, I think we reduced him a little bit with our, our jokes. Like we did like make him be very dumb. Yeah, he's not. No, no, he's not he dumb. He's not dumb. He is yeah. his highest. Shallow? His, well, he's he's a uh, he's not no he's not shallow either. He his highest skill is charisma. Can we retcon his middle name to be Shallow May? <laughs> Jimothy Shallow May Chevrolet. Um, retcon denied because Jimothy Chevrolet is just so funny. <laughs> but is it, that's also a good one. Um, no, so he. I mean, he's yeah. He's not stupid. He, he may be unlikable to the people that he's not, you know, winning over. Yeah. But also what, what I'm establishing stat. is lowest status is strength. Like he's, oh, that's right. he's, he's kind of that. a, yeah, he's kind of a, you know, a tall, skinny dude. Um, but what I'm establishing is that he can t- kind of turn it on and off. Like he, c- he can manipulate, manipulate people with his uh, charisma, even if other Maybe people. Maybe it's a good point for us to, to actually roll our, our high and low stats. Roll some actual background checks here. I'd be down. All right. Ready to roll? Yes. Do you want to go first? Okay. Yeah, I'll go first. So um, Artie's high score is wisdom, and it is a 14. She has three 14s, uh, and her lowest is dexterity at an eight. So maybe she's so old that she's starting to lose her edge a little bit. Like she yeah, used to be not like a 16 or 19 or 20 wisdom, um, but she is she's still quite wise. I think she's wise in the things that she knows about, which is the swamp. Once she gets down to into like city living or whatever, maybe she's not as wise. She's not street smart. She's swamp smart. Right. And maybe living in the swamp has made her a little cuckoo in the brains. So she's like, that's always a possibility. She's got some Yoda vibes where she's like, if she really focuses in, she can bump that 14 to a 16 or 18. But I didn't give my, um, I didn't give my reference uh, character. It's, it's Madame Zeroni from holes. Um, <laughs> not okay. It's weird to see that Makes Eartha so much Kit more sense. Now. Is uh, is playing this turtle, but uh, that's the vibe, right? Madame right. Zeroni. Madame Zeroni, not uh, Yzma from the Emperor's New Groove. No, she's not. She's not sort of conniving. She's uh, she's wise and old, and she's Madame Zeroni, except she's a turtle. Love it. All right, let's hear let's hear your uh, stats. All let's right, let's go to Jake next. I just rolled, and uh, Tyus then his uh, charisma would be sixteen. And his strength would be five. That's that's before bonuses, though. Did you right. add bonuses? No, I didn't add bonuses. Okay. Yeah, my, my wisdom would go up a little bit for being a, a turtle. Yeah, I think I would. But I love 16 and five. 16 five is like 16 and five. Low. So that's really we've, bad. we've established that he's he is like he does have something he's to offer because he has good is charisma. He is. <laughs> he, sm- he smokes a lot. And so he doesn't uh, have much of an appetite most of the time. Um, but yeah, he's not the guy that they're going to turn to if a uh, fight breaks out. But um, even though he, you know, he might not be a twenty, but base sixteen. So you know, with a few added on, he he could get get them out of some situations if it, uh, charisma's involved. I mean, he may not be a twenty, but he's definitely a ten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the girls in the second row whispers that to her friend. Because everyone, everyone is announcing their uh, their high and low stat scores. Everyone has a meta knowledge of people's stats. 
Yeah, didn't we establish in the last episode when uh, Houston's character was multiclassing that they're self they're self aware in terms Houston's of D and D mechanics? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. I like that. It better. might be. I think we're allowed one meta character per episode, and that can be this girl in the second row who's like, "Yeah, that guy, he's a ten. And the girl's like, "Yeah, I know." But and then the girl's like, "No, but really, like, he's got a ten strength." What I like the idea. Okay, I like the idea that, um, yeah, so not everybody sees the world that way, but some people do. And the reason for that is because, like, like we have, making a comparison to our real world on planet Earth, there are people who, like, make personality tests and, like, assign different, like, you know, skill, skill ability or, like, you know, comp- competencies to things. And somebody He's just came ENTJ up. ENTJ assertive. Yeah, there's just a best-selling, there's a best-selling book kind of going around uh, the regions uh, these days called Player's Handbook. And uh, <laughs> it, it's basically like they see it as like a personality test that you can take and, and identify yourself better and learn about there yourself. Are, there are some coastal merchant wizards going around selling this book to help yeah. people out. Um, this brings me back to something that we've discussed and haven't quite figured out how to integrate into the podcast, which is the concept of dreamers. I wonder if dreamers also have this meta knowledge and, and what it was a dreamer who wrote this book. Okay. And so like some people have like a Ooh, like general that. like understanding of how it works, but it's actually like an ability that you can have to sort of like read people and sort of know their stats when the gods deem it so. What if we yeah. what if we bring in the dream rolls? We we've talked about doing dream rolls on this and hadn't quite figured out where to put them. Um I think we started it. I think we know what what they look like now. Okay. I like it. Um and I think I think we said it was a, a 20 on a D2. The ones that we have established being those, we'll just say they are, right? Sheriff what's yeah. his face? He yes. he is a dreamer. Like he is a dreamer. He has this ability and then whatever else comes from these dreams so that the audience knows um and so we can sort of solidify it here is um, basically we established that there are no dreams in this world unless you are a dreamer. It's not like everyone has dreams and some of some people, they're significant dreams. No, only the people who have these significant dreams given to them from the gods, from the moons, um, have these visions and, um, you're just sort of born with it. And so we had, we had this idea of, you know, if you roll a 20 on a D 20, your character is a dreamer. Uh, so let's do that. Let's roll that now. Let's have everyone roll a D 20. I got an 18. Um, which, by the way, real quick, I'll just establish my stats. Uh, I don't need too much fanfare for it. I've got a seventeen as my highest, and that's going to go to wisdom. My nine is my a nine is my lowest, and that's going to go to my charisma for Jaws. Which I'm going to retcon a little bit. He didn't ask for two volunteers. He asked for just a general amount of volunteers, and because his persuasion is so bad, he only got two volunteers. And like Artie was going to be part of this anyway, like this she's not doing it because he asked she's doing it like that's why she came. And so actually, because my role was so bad, that's why I got Jake's character. Nice. It's like, hey, here's your punishment for rolling an eight. You get this guy to come along. I rolled a 17. So my character is also not a dreamer. Oh, hey, I also rolled a 17. We We rolled really well on a roll where it only matters if you roll a 20. Yeah, I rolled 1d20, I got a 17. So I, w- I also think that, like, I like the concept that a 17 is, like, not too far from a 20. So, yes, my character's not a dreamer, but, um, you know, he might, he was, like, he was, like, three notches away from being one, you know? Yeah. Here's a proposal. Uh, 
just to make it more interesting. I think we can roll. I like this idea of having a dreamer in every episode and just um, we can maybe give more fanfare to it. We roll to see if one of our characters is a dreamer, but if not, then we include a dreamer character somewhere in the narrative of what our characters are doing. Um, For this episode, we can just say it's the girl in row two who's swooning over uh, Jimothy Chevrolet. So it doesn't have to be anything. But that's something we can expand on in the future. Yeah, I don't think the dreamer power has to be like powerful, right? It just means you have these dreams and these visions. Maybe you just do dumb stuff like know how hot a guy is. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, okay. so this is uh, a great moment uh, because that girl um, right before the meeting started, she uh, walked over to him because he was so to Jimothy Chevrolet because he was so interesting and she just wanted to kind of you know, strike a cup of conversation. And because she's a dreamer, she was like, Hey, so, um, have you, uh, read the player's handbook? And, uh, he goes, Oh, I know all about the player's handbook, but not the one you're talking about. <laughs> and then he swoops his hair and she goes, ah, and walks back. And then <laughs> Isn't that like the game basically. <laughs> Wait, what's that? Uh, the game is it's like some book on like how to pick up women or whatever. I uh, there's probably, Yeah. I'm sure there is. Yeah, the game. Um, anyway, I think we're pretty good uh, for this episode. Um, I think we did a lot to flesh out our characters. We can get more into narrative with uh, future episodes, I think. But I think for now, we established a lot. Um, I guess the main thing to finish out is what is our plan of attack? Uh, to further along, I'll just kind of fast forward this a little bit. The Willow. Uh, this gargantuan willow that seems to be a siren style drawing people away from the road going through the dark fine swamps is an old necromancer who was one of the first spore druids Um, and he tried to extend that power and mutilate it into something bigger and more powerful Um, and he basically became like a mutation of a, a mushroom but more tree-like, and it created the first willow of this world. So he's kind of like the father of all the willow trees in this land. Um, But he still has that malicious nature, and he's even more angered because of the fact that he didn't quite cast the magic right, and so now he's just rooted to this one spot in this dark swamp and can't go anywhere. Um, Just a big old angry willow tree. Uh, but he can shoot roots out of the ground. He can smack you with his branches. He does have hypnotic magic where he seems to be drawing in these passerbys. Um, so what role, and we don't have to get too in-depth, but what role would each of your characters play in trying to uh, conquer this willow tree? So I, I instantly was like, okay. So when I bought my character, I was like, the reason she's on this mission is to make sure that... that no harm is done to the tree. Like she, she's like, I'm fine helping stop it, but I will make sure no harm comes to it. And then when you were describing this guy, I was like, Hmm, she's actually old enemies with this guy. <laughs> Ooh, I like she, she like, they've been at war. There's like the, the tree swamp people and the spore swamp people. And he is like, she knew him like before he was, she, she hates this guy. And so she is, she is dedicated to do whatever kind of druid magic she needs to, to take him, take this guy out. So what does she do? Uh, I cast fireball. Um, I don't know any druid spells. And it works. And, and, and 
Great. Well, <laughs> what is Jimothy's plan of action? To okay. Deal with this okay. Tree? So this is actually uh, the primary reason why Jimothy volunteered is because he knew that he could offer something that he just kind of had a feeling was going to be important, and that is he has um, uh, magic abilities that will be able to counteract what you mentioned about the hypnotic powers that can draw people in and disorient them. Um, and so he's there to make sure that the other members of the party um, are protected from that. So he basically strolls in and leans up against a tree, lights up a cigarette, and then he does his thing to make sure that um, this uh, creature doesn't mess with anybody's heads. Nice. Um, I, I did look up through my, some of my spells. I think insect plague. She's just like, I'm just going to like torture this guy with insects. Oh, I like this. I also have a, uh, this is kind of a meta thing about how you would play uh, Jimothy uh, Chevrolet. And that is that um, when he's uh, like casting these types of spells that are manipulating people or, you know, casting like protective things so that other people can't be manipulated. Um, you, uh, you as the person playing the, the character you have to have a fortune cookie generator pulled up because all his spells are just randomly generated fortune cookies. Like right. he's leaning up <laughs> against that. the he's leaning up against the tree, and he just says, "Jealousy doesn't open doors; it closes them." And then the effect is done. I love it. <laughs> oh man, this would be a fun campaign to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, along with your plan of action, I kind of imagine Jaws was going to. Um, summon face spirits or, or conjure face spirits is the spell I believe um, or conjure fey I think actually and he was just going to conjure up just basically a mystical shark that was going to come and just eat at the branches just chomp away at it uh, just slowly do it until there's this big sunny opening under that shines through all the willow leaves and slowly the sun kind of melts away this tree because uh, it is not used to this sunlight anymore. Uh, and then the swamp is going, in my mind, I figured it would take some time to recover. Uh, but now there's no longer this malicious willow that is detracting people from the road. And slowly but surely, people start to travel safely down the path. Nice. Okay. Love it. Cool. Thanks for joining us on Background Checks. Um, that was up and by. I forgot that was our dumb sign-off. <laughs>